0: Good morning. Good to see you here this morning, and I'm glad I'm here. It's good to be in Alhambra today. Um, there, there are some things that we do every day. Personally, I make sure that I eat every day, and I sleep every day. Um, there are very few days that I haven't slept. There are a couple, and they were uh, painful but uh, most every day, we eat and sleep. We brush our teeth, hopefully. Uh, my grandson, just he's five years old. He went to the dentist, and he informs me every time I help him brush his teeth that it's supposed to be two minutes, which seems like an eternity, and in circles. Circles, two minutes. That seems like a long time. Um, hopefully, we do other things. We shower, uh, we shave if we need to. Maybe exercise, we try to exercise. And the things that we do every day can become very routine and dull. Um, but Jesus commanded us to have something on our heart and mind every day that is not routine, it's never dull. It adds the zing to life. It it, it really if you'll engage and what Jesus commanded his followers to, if you're following Christ and you're 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 trying to live the way he showed us to live, if you'll engage in telling others about him, trying to communicate his message uh, to to others, there, there's a zing to that that never gets dull because it's just exciting, it's nerve wracking, it's intimidating whenever you step out to do something that is, adds a little fear to it, you know, stretching, sort of like jumping out of an airplane, but I don't need to jump out of an airplane to get the thrill. But, you know, that feeling of, hmm, I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. If you do what Jesus commanded you to do every day, and you try to communicate to the people around you his message, That's how it feels. There's a zing. This is what God intended for our lives. He intended for us to get beyond ourselves and try to connect and help others come to know him. So you may be here and you're not yet following Christ. And what you'll find out in this message is some things that God has commanded us to do. If if you do choose to follow Christ, it's what he's explained to. And commanded and told us, he's given us the assignment as followers of Christ to be everyday missionaries. To every day we're sent. The word missionary simply means someone who's sent. It's come to be thought of as somebody who's sent to another country. But everyone who follows Jesus is sent. The Father, God the Father sent Jesus. Jesus sent his followers. Into their world. He sends us into our families, our workplaces, our schools, our, our circle of friends, even to people we don't know yet who are around us. He sends us to communicate his message, to, to let other people know about God's love and his kindness. The first week of this series, the title of the message was The, the Secret Things of God. Now, we looked at a passage in uh, the Bible that that talks about the fact that Christ followers are entrusted with the secret things of God. And the reason they're, they're called the secret things of God is because they're not intuitive. You're not going to figure them out on your own. They're also called a mystery for the same reason, the mystery of the gospel. The gospel just means the good news about Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus Christ and the good news that he is for us. So there are secret things. There's sort of a mystery to it. And it's genius what God has done to restore a relationship with himself. It's genius. But we can't figure it out on our own. It's not written in the hills or on the hills in the sky. It's not It's not something that when you look at creation, uh, the majority of the people in the world conclude that there's a god 84% of the people when they survey creation they they conclude that there's a god there's a powerful god who put all this together who made this to work but we're not going to figure out who he is without somebody telling us the story we're not going to be able to put together how Christ came to live and die and rise from the dead so that we could have the power to know God and connect with him and be forgiven of our sin and rebellion. So we have to be told. The story has to be told to be understood. We're not going to figure it out on our own. So we're trusted as Christ-followers with this message. And someone trusted with something important, the goal is to be faithful. So we've talked about that in this series. Last week we talked about the need to build bridges to others, and the distance that we have to cross in in our our everyday world is not measured in miles. What happens is there's this isolation that's created by the way we live. you know we we just we, we're around people, but sometimes we just want to be left alone and do what we're called to do and we're not really connecting with the people around us. As Christ followers, we're called to bridge that gap, to cross the distance of isolation with those around us. And Jesus showed us that if we follow him, he, he did this, he set the great example on doing this, but he says it's not, it's not us versus them, it's not like an us and them mentality, but it's us for them. We, if you decide to follow Christ, you exist for the people around you. We as a church, we we exist for the people who aren't here yet, who don't yet know Christ. We We, we aim to reach out and include more and more people in the life of what's going on here because this is what Jesus told us to do. So we're, we're out there trying to do it. Um, today we're going to talk about how we should go about being a missionary, some specifics of that. But more, more general of the how uh, in terms of not communicating the message, but how we go about connecting and helping others understand what it is to follow Christ. Without the specifics of how, really hard to do something. Imagine buying a desk at Ikea. You know, you go to Ikea the desk, it looks awesome, and you come home with a box of parts, but no directions. Very difficult to pull that off. I mean, that would be be tough. What we need is, if we're asked to do something or we're trying to accomplish something, we need to know how, so we're going to look at that today. Uh, We need to know both what our role is, we've been talking about that, and how to do it. First, an everyday missionary is a witness to their world, to the world around them, right where they are. We looked at this passage last week. I I, I think Alex uh, read it to you and looked at it a little bit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That word witnesses... In this verse, this this is these are Jesus last words to his followers before he ascended to heaven. And that word witnesses is it was originally written in Greek, spoken in Greek. It's the word martyrs in Greek, transliterated from Greek, M-A-R-T-U-R-E-S. And what it what it is, is it's the root word for our martyr in English. It's, it's the root of martyr. And so what you find here is that there's a little bit of this, this need to sacrifice ourselves in order to be witnesses. Being, being a martyr has extreme connotation to it uh, in, in our world, in, in America. Um, someone, it's someone who dies for their faith. And so we we use it in other conversations sometimes when somebody's over dramatizing difficulty. You stop being a martyr. I mean, come on. It's not that bad. You know, stop dying a thousand deaths over this. That's one way we use it. Uh, a martyr's complex is a term used in psychology uh, for someone who seeks out suffering or persecution because it meets a skewed psychological need, or they they use a martyr's complex to avoid responsibility for something they need to take responsibility for or something they need to do. But this is not what we're talking about in this context. The word martyr, the root of it, this word witness, shows us really that we have to sacrifice some things if we're going to communicate the message to the people around us as Christ followers. We have to sacrifice our own preferences. We have to sacrifice time and maybe our reputation. Because whenever you identify with Christ, you're not quite sure how that's going to go, right? Remember the zing? This is one of those zing moments. Where you're, you're at work or you're in school and you're, you, you know you want to let people around you know that you're a Christ follower. But before you identify with him, you're not quite sure how it's going to be received by the people who hear that you're a Christ follower. You're not sure what their perspective is. And so we sacrifice, really, when we identify with Christ in just a small way. And this is what it takes to communicate the message. We give up our time to help during the workday, to have a conversation of encouragement. We give up our time to serve a neighbor, maybe in some way, to identify with Christ, sacrifice our reputation, possibly to identify. Every day, Jesus wants to be on the lookout for opportunities like this. We're we're on the lookout. This is is something we're called to do every day of our lives. And there are three components of a witness. These are the broad, general hows. Um, First, a witness needs to show. When we identify with Christ or share a testimony about the difference Jesus makes, or we communicate the message of Christ to someone, they listen through a filter of what they know about us. That we're, we're, our lives and how we relate to them provides the filter through which they're hearing the message. This means it's essential that we do what we can to show the love of God to others. And when we blow it, which I do, you make it right. You get it right with, with those around you. So if you're a Christian, how you respond to your boss, how you treat your coworkers. How, how you um, relate to your family. It's, it's creating this filter through which they're going to hear the message of Christ. It's very important. If you're a gracious boss and you look out for your employees, you're showing what it means to be a Christian. If, if you follow your boss's direction without unnecessary pushback, even when it's difficult... Your co-workers are watching this attitude, and they're, they're understanding, since you identify with Christ, what it means to be a Christian. It's, it's feeding into their understanding of this. Um, people are watching your marriage. How, how you talk to one another and how you speak about one another is, is setting a picture of what it means to be a Christ follower. In family life, friends and family are watching you relate to your children and how you deal with problems, how you're helping them work through things. And if you're doing things Jesus' way, it's very attractive. So we show. We can't be perfect, but we aim to grow more and more and take responsibility when we mess up. That's the beautiful thing about following Christ. We We can mess up and still understand our value in him and move forward. Second component of witness is to tell. Like I said earlier, we we have to tell the story or it won't be understood. It's not written in the sky, on the hills. The way that we're restored into a relationship with God is a mystery to be solved. And it's solved by telling. And so we have to do this. We're going to look more at this next week. We're going to dig into it. But a third aspect of being a witness is to bring. One way to be a witness, and maybe the simplest way, is to invite friends and family to attend on Sundays. Or to attend a meeting or an event where they can hear a message. Or an event where they can meet other Christians. Other Christ followers who can... Uh, be a witness as well to them. I'd like to take, take a couple minutes to pull back the curtain and unveil some, something about the way we do our messages here at, at Church in the Valley, the, the way we plan our topics for Sunday mornings. We plan the, the topics a year at a time. So we look at the year ahead, and we, we have several meetings, and we discuss what topics would be good. Um, and we we try to balance some things out in some ways. We look at the seasons of the year. What would be the best things to focus on during this season of the year? Um, what would be the best way to balance out what we did last year? We keep track of what we've talked about for the last six years or so, and we look at all those things, and we're trying to balance out, okay, what would God, what's missing what needs to be talked about? How do we move forward on this? And we plan different kinds of message series. Some of the message series are aimed at helping us grow. You know, knowing God, growing in him, developing as followers of Christ. Some of them are aimed at motivating us to do the right things. This, this is a, a series aimed at motivating people who are following Christ to share Christ with others. Just I'm just pulling the whole curtain back here. <laughs> just letting you know, not trying to hide anything. That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do. We also do message series that deal with topics that would be more attractive to those who aren't yet following Christ. And these address felt needs that are high on everybody's lists followers of Christ and those who don't yet follow Christ. And they show God's way of meeting our needs. And we have one of these series coming up. All all of these series, the messages that we do are drawn out of the Bible. We, We never take our opinions about things or our thoughts about the best way to do life and find a bible verse to support it. What we do is we we go to the scripture and we draw out of scripture what it says about living life, what it says about handling things, and we let it shape our approach to doing life and the way we approach the messages. And so since the Bible's our guide, God's opinion, God's ideas are really what matters, in in the way we do life. That's going to lead us to the best kind of life possible. So, um, we have one of these series coming up on September 18th. Uh, it's called Sweet Life. Ben mentioned it earlier. There's a flyer in your program. Love, love for you to use that flyer and invite your friends and. Family, check out the guy on the front. Ian Dale did this drawing. He's in a hammock. He's got the dog. He's got lemonade right there. But boy, the look on his face, you know, like a deer in the headlights. This isn't what I thought it would be. I'm I'm at a place where I really want to be, but deer in the headlights. And so we're going to be looking at God's path to the sweet life. He, he lays it out, and it, it's it's really good. So... Uh, Just wanted to mention that we have events at Church of the Valley and aimed at blessing our members and attenders, but also they're an opportunity to invite family and friends. So we bring to this the Harvest Party in October, the family Christmas service, picnics, fun events through Zone, uh, groups that meet during the week and do smaller events to include others. All of these are not just for us to enjoy, but to include people in the life of what we're doing in in the church. All of these ways of witnessing, of being a witness, all three components work together as we share Christ. When you tell others, it's filtered through how you've been showing others. When you bring others to church, then this allows them to hear the message and connect with a whole group of people who are following Christ as well. So we work together. It's a team effort, getting the message out. That's what we're about here at Church in the Valley. It's the center of what we're doing. Being an effective witness is a team effort. It's always been that way. Jesus and his first followers uh, always teamed together to witness. You can see it. At one point when Jesus was still alive, he had about 70 of his followers, and he sent them out to share the message to different cities and towns in their area. And they teamed up. They paired up. And they went out as a team. This, this gives two sets of eyes and minds for discerning what's going on, to pray for each other, and to encourage. Uh, Peter and John, some of his very first followers, they teamed up in a very risky situation in Acts. You can read these passages later on your own if you'd like. But Acts 3 and 4 tells about Peter. He was the, fo- the vocal one. John was quieter, but he, I'm sure, was there to support, really encourage. Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark were the first team sent out from a church to another place, another country. That was a team. They're, they're, the church sent out a team. Uh, when we work as a team, one person can't have the combined gifting of the whole. So it really helps, adds to it. Paul and Silas, Barnabas and John Mark. Paul and Barnabas became, they multiplied, we'll say multiplied into two teams. They actually split. Paul was a very intensely driven guy. And Barnabas, his name meant son of encouragement. And they had a disagreement about whether John Mark should remain on the team. So they split into two teams. And... um they they worked forward in that way. Now, Paul ended up changing his mind about John Mark later on, you find out. But that, that multiplied the effort uh, in spite of themselves. Paul and Timothy. Paul trained Timothy in the ministry. And working as a team allowed for them to gain encouragement and allowed Timothy to get some training in teachable moments. And then Paul sending Epaphroditus. All through the letters, Paul talks about his teammates. He, this was not a solo effort. We, we may go solo to our families, our workplaces, and our circle of friends, but if we learn to work as a team, we multiply the effectiveness of our witness to those around us. And it, it may feel overwhelming to add Everyday missionary to the list of things you knew need to do in a day. I mean, hey, you got brushing my teeth seems to take an eternity when I've got a lot to do that day. You know, two minutes—it's a long time. I got stuff to do. I got to sit here and brush my teeth for two minutes. That's that's something else. Um, it might feel overwhelming to think about how am I going to add this to the list of things I'm thinking about and trying to do. God will help you with this. And it may feel like you're going to need a major overhaul of the way that you approach life. But in reality, it only takes a minor tweak in your perspective, your thinking, and your approach. The tweak revolves around including others in your life as you go through the day. Thinking of others and including them and going out of your way to cross the distance to connect with them. You can ask, how can I take a little extra time to really connect with the people around me in a conversation rather than just being focused on what I've got to get accomplished that day? How can I really connect with them? How can I build a bridge? It looks like they've got a need. How can I show kindness to them and help them with their need? Ask God's Spirit to help you with this. He really wants to help you. To to connect and show kindness in this way. Is there a way to introduce my friends and my family, maybe my friends at work or other circles of my friends? Is there a way to introduce them to my friends at church? Connect them so we can have a more effective witness. Praying praying for an opportunity to invite someone to Sundays or an event. It doesn't take... A lot of time, but it takes a minor tweak in your focus. Now, that minor tweak can be exhilarating, it can bring some fear, but God will help you through that as you make that adjustment. When the doors are open, we need to walk through it. And if you'll ask God to show you the open doors to identify with Christ, to show kindness to people, to step out and be a witness in the ways we've been talking about, he, He'll show you the open doors. You, you just need to walk through them. There is a beauty that God intends to be in a group of people who are following Christ. And that, that beauty comes from the way we relate to each other and the way we relate to those who are coming around pursuing, following Christ, or curious a little bit about following Christ, maybe. But God's intent is for us to work together in unity, harmony, that has a beauty and a strength to it that you don't find other places. When we do his work in the world as a team and show love to others, each of us is playing a role in serving Others can see the beauty that God intends for them to see. We're we're far from perfect. (laughs) But we live in a fragmented world. And even when we mess up in a relationship, even when we blow it, we can be a witness if we'll just show them how to repair the relationship, make it right. One of, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was I was a they called me a narc but I was a peer advisor at uh Riverside Poly High School in Riverside California and one of the, the most embarrassing moments of my life was when my boss, so we had walkie-talkies, we had areas of the school we were supposed to be in, and I was supposed to be in the 600s, which was a group of classrooms in the back, And but my my buddy that I worked with was in the parking lot, so I happened to be in the parking lot talking to him, not in the 600s, this in my early 20s, and so he asked over the, the walkie-talkie uh I can't remember what my handle was, Bear something. It was Riverside Poly Bear, so it was Bear something. Bear 9, I think. Wow, it's coming back. Uh, but anyway, he, he says, Bear 9, what, what's your 1020, I think, is uh, whatever, wherever, where are you? And I said, I'm in the 600s. And as soon as I said that, the Holy Spirit convicted me. You just lied through your teeth. And so I said, oh, boy, now I know what i got to do. I'm going to go. He could fire me. He could tell me to, take, you know, just take, leave your walkie-talkie and hit the road, whatever. And so I went in, and I, I said, Dale, he, my boss was Dale, and I said, I just lied to you. I was in the parking lot. All right, he, he probably knew this. And so I, I said, I, I should have been in the 600s. You can do whatever you need to do. And after, after I made it right with him, we had a great conversation. He, he let me stay on. I didn't get fired. But it opened up. We got real with each other. And we live in a world that's fragmented. Pe- people don't know how to repair things. They don't know how to repair relationships. And if you follow Christ, he'll show you how to do that. And if you'll just humble yourself and take the step to make it right when you mess up that in itself is an amazing witness to the people around you there's a tremendous value in a team effort first there's prayer support Uh, it's we need prayer support Paul asked for prayer often uh, and I'm going to let you read through those passages uh, on your own but how many times if you're a Christ follower you know you Jesus works in you and he, he helps you want to share Christ with others and be a witness. How many times have you let fear block you from that? We need prayer. We need people to be praying for us and with it, with us. And Paul knew this. And so he he asked for prayer in Colossians 4. A team adds encouragement. Paul kept people aware of what was going on in his ministry, the roadblocks he was facing, the challenges. And... He, he didn't see himself on a solo mission. He was a part of a team in a broader con- context. And, and he, he let people know what was going on. And then the message is reinforced also uh, by the witness of the body. And what that means is just as people see a group of Christians, the body of Christ, which is what the church is, as they see a body of people relating rightly, living contently, with what they have, just serving Him together, there's that beauty that draws them toward following Christ as well. Their lives reinforce the message, provides a filter that lets the truth through, the the beauty of Christ and following Him through. That doesn't come if we just stay solo. You just, we won't we won't find that. So, hopefully, this message is has. Showing you that following Christ isn't a solo effort. It's it's not a spectator sport either. It's something we need to engage in. If you'll engage in the command to tell others about Christ, then things will come alive. There, There will really be. This is where God intends for us to find the zing in life. That's there. The beauty of the Christian life will also be unveiled as we do life together in unity, continually looking for more and more ways to invite people into God's family and to come around the church and to do things with us. If I'm a Christ follower, God sends me as a witness in my circle of friendships and family relationships. He sends me, I'm sent by Him, I'm a missionary in a sense, to my friends and family. And I'm to be a witness. If I choose to make it a team effort, I'll be more effective. So as I wrap up, I want to just ask you to consider how God may want you to team with those around you in this church and to connect with the people he's put in your world. Imagine all the ways God can connect us to each other's friends and family and how we can show, tell, and bring them as God opens doors of opportunity. This, this is our assignment. This is what we're to be about as a, as a church, as a, a community of believers who are aiming to follow him and do what he's told us to do. I'd like to wrap up the message now. If you would, take out your connection card that's in your program And finish completing any information uh, that you haven't had a chance to complete. And when the offering ushers come by, you can drop that in the offering. But I have some next steps that I'm suggesting to you. One of those is pray that our church will be effective witnesses together this fall. As the fall comes up, pray about this. Secondly, consider how to carve out time for teaming with others. And then thirdly, there may be something that God, something else God spoke to you about that uh, He laid on your heart to step out and do as a result of hearing the truth this morning. But those are some next steps to think through as we uh, get ready to move on in worship here. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for the truth that You have given. We thank You, God, for just the way that You... You give us assignments that maybe intimidate us and stretch us, but boy, when we follow through, that's where the the blessing is. This, This is where the real zing in life is meant to be, God. Thank you for not just leaving us to ourselves, but for showing us how to step out and connect and leading the way in this. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we ask for power. To be witnesses as well in the way that would please you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.